everybody another addition to the show free time free spill podcast and i'm with alexander next speaker best-selling amazon author and specializing in music theory to help people with their public speaking and social skills to overcome it their fears and stuff how you doing yeah i am i'm peachy key man how you doing it's good it's good <laughs> i love i love this this segment because like it's so much that you're that you're that you got in with with public speaking and being an author and also music like i love music like that's a big topic to talk about music yeah man that it's it's literally i mean a lot of people say that music has changed their life and and i believe them i mean it's it's changed my life on on a level beyond music if that makes any sense it's it's crazy man it just give me a whole nother perspective to look at the world yeah how how did it, how did um how did it help you overcome like fears of public speaking and and uh social skills how did it help with that yeah man uh oof. well uh <laughs> do you want the long version or the short version <laughs> You can give the long version. <laughs> cool, man. Cool, cool. Yeah, so it, it slightly working backwards, the public speaking came after the social skills. Um, and so I just want to plant that primer for when I get into the shtick, if you will. Yeah, um, yeah so growing up, I was I grew up in Reading, Pennsylvania, um, and I was – I mean, I was, I was shy as shy can be um, – I like, like to the point where I could even talk to my family. Like I was afraid to speak to my own parents and they were good parents. Like it wasn't like they, they did terrible things to me or whatever. They took care of me. They fed me. They, they didn't make me sleep out in the shed or nothing. Uh, they were good parents. And I just, I was too afraid to talk to them. So I didn't really have many friends. Um, I didn't really speak to my family. The only thing that I would do is go into my room, shut the door, lock it and if i wasn't playing video games which side note playstation 2 greatest invention by man <laughs> i digress so <laughs> um I, I would play my guitar and that that was my life was just sitting in my room and playing guitar and eventually i i hit a plateau on my guitar playing and decided that i wanted to learn how music works so that way I can break that threshold in it. And when I did that and started studying music theory on my own, it opened up this whole world of really what the capabilities of music were. It, helped, it just helped everything make sense. Flash forward a couple of years, uh, I graduate high school. My, uh, my dad was still living in Pennsylvania and my mom moved down to Richmond, Virginia. And knowing that I was really big into music, my mom said, hey, you should come check out this area. They've got a really awesome art college. I know you're into that. They've got a, a killer music scene. And so I said, all right, I really don't have much in Pennsylvania. I mean, nobody really knows who I am. This could actually be a fresh, clean start for me to reinvent myself. And so I made the leap. I moved down to Richmond, Virginia, left my my entire life in Pennsylvania behind and, and went with my mom. And when I got there, I realized, as I mentioned before, this was such a phenomenal opportunity to start from scratch. I was a nobody here. 
I wasn't the weird kid who sat in the back of the class. I wasn't the shy kid. I didn't have any of those negative connotations to have to break free from. I was neutral. And so it was to me, in my mind, it's much easier to go up. When I was living there, I said, okay, what I'm going to do is I'm going to I'm going to go to parks and coffee shops. And if I'm feeling masochistic, I'll, I'll search for a, a party in Richmond or something, whatever I'll do whatever I can. And when I went out, I would have such a difficult time socializing. I would walk down the street, trying to make eye contact. I'd be afraid. And I just look down and where music theory comes into this is I continue to play guitar to unwind. And I was playing guitar in my room one day. Uh, I was learning Alaska by Between the Bird and Me. I'm a metalhead for for all you listeners out there. And uh, I was sitting there playing the song. I was like, thank goodness there's music theory. Because without it, music would just seem like a bunch of random notes. It wouldn't make sense. And then I was thinking, you know, wouldn't it be great? Because conversation just seems completely random. Like, wouldn't it be great if there was a music theory for conversation too? And I was like, huh, why not? Why couldn't there be? And so uh, that led to, oh, did I lose you, bud? Uh-oh. Got some technical difficulties. Let me make sure we get the uh, our good friend back in here. Hey, there go. <laughs> What's going on, man? <laughs> um, okay. okay. All good. All good. So, um, yeah, I was just saying, uh, I was I was sitting in my room playing guitar to unwind uh, from a terrifying, miserable, horrifying day socializing, and thought to myself, "Wow, you know, music theory helps music make sense from being a bunch of random notes. Wouldn't it be great if conversation could be treated the same way?" And I was like, oh, "Well, why not?" And so that led to the series of events of taking the information that was already out there, which was very formulaic, and, and we can get into this philosophy later, and rearranging it and looking at it in a new perspective of approaching it through the lens of music theory, which takes something that is abstract and boils it down into sensible elements that you can piece together. Um, and so that's how I learned to socialize with people. I found a couple of people that wanted to learn that too. Uh, so tried and tested it in the field as well on top of the things that we researched uh, and, and found a great success with it. And then what led to the public speaking was sharing this idea. Uh, I was asked to do a TEDx talk at VCU sharing the general philosophy of my findings. And I applied the same uh the same process to the fear of public speaking because speaking one-on-one -on -one with somebody, I, I finally got over that, but speaking one to a thousand people is still terrifying. <laughs> right. So that was just like, this is not a baby step. I got to figure this out, but it also worked. It also applied in a, in a very effective way over into public speaking. And since then, you know, that's when I started writing books and uh, started my business, helping people with the, with the same thing for those who are just sick and tired of the standard advice of, just be confident, just get out there. Just what that doesn't help anybody. Um, 
But for those that want to take a different approach for it, um, I've had a lot of success. A lot of people have had success uh, using my methods and um, wow. I've written books for it, which has seen a great success. So it's, it's resonating with, with some people out there for sure. What books you wrote? Like what's the titles? Yeah, yeah. So the first book is called Communications Crash Course. Um, that's really about conversationalism, you know, how to be able to talk to anybody about anything anywhere. Um, and the real meat of that book is what I call strategic conversation frameworks. They aren't canned phrases. They aren't one-liners. They aren't algorithmic steps. They're um, ways to identify conversation elements and play with them and move them around for your own ability to converse converse better and then the second book is called written word crash course that is all about how to write a speech from start to finish um so for a lot of people that are like i i have this big keynote or this presentation i have no idea what to talk about i that book walks you from a complete blank canvas into a finished speech slash presentation wow that's that's amazing. I know it's like it's knowing your fears, like knowing your strengths and weaknesses. That that helps too, because mm -hmm. sometimes it's a mind thing too. Like when you're in front of people, like the confidence. Yeah, for sure. Um, and one of the things that I tell people that work with me, especially in the public speaking sector, if you will, is the fancy like gestures and moving around the stage. That that's nice, but really the the tactics the skill in public speaking is 90% commitment, 10% actual tactical things that you do. Um, and that commitment comes with confidence. And then, so we, we break down, just be confident. All right, well, what does that mean? How can you, how can you work that into your everyday life to develop confidence without throwing yourself unprepared in front of the stage? There is a way to do that. Cool. Yeah. Preparation. Yeah, man. Lots of preparation, lots of practice, and isolating those fears and targeting them one by one in controlled environments. So, by the love of music, because like I know I understand that you're, you're you love music so much. Mm -hmm. Yeah, man. Uh, I've been playing guitar. So I'm 29. I've been playing guitar since I was 12. Uh, actually, technically, I got my first guitar when I was four, but I was just like slapping it and not really doing anything. I was just playing it like a four-year-old plays an instrument, so I don't really count those years. Uh, but I started taking it seriously when I was 12 years old. And um, I was on a hiatus probably for about three to five years. So, yeah, probably about my math adds up about 12 years total of playing guitar. Um, and recently, I've gotten into music production, electronic music production, things of that nature, like, I'm talking a couple of weeks ago, brand spanking new at it. And I'm just, I'm having a blast, man. It's so much fun. It's fun. Like it's so much that goes into music, like the time and the composition and the theory, like, like you were saying, it's, it's just so much, but it's fun. It's rewarding just to feel like you, you created something and it come into reality. It come into life an idea. Yeah, for sure. And it's, um, you know, I think that ties into, the entrepreneurial spirit, if you will. There's so many ways that people can be creative. Um, music, starting your own business. But uh, yeah, I, I definitely, what I really like about music is getting, it, you can get almost instant gratification, like 
hearing the changes that you make and putting them back to back and then just learning about all the different uh, like things like compression and EQ and timbre and dynamics. And like, there's so many things that go into it and how tweaking one just a little bit can totally change the feel of the song. Um, it's, it, it's the most scientific art out there. It's, it's surreal. <laughs> yeah. Like I, I make, I love logic pro X, like just recording mm -hmm. on there, mixing and, uh, and just recording a vocal, like, to a beat like i wish i can get better at beat making like because everything would be gold yeah man it's uh what was i listening to the other day um oh flashing lights by kanye west because i yeah. i love oh, that's such a beautiful song man um flashing dude i was like he's just so much that goes into it and so like i'll listen to songs and not necessarily try to copy the song but copy the feel and be like oh you know what they do there to get this kind of that feel to it and so yeah i i refer to him a lot um but yeah like are you trying to do what what kind of a what kind of beats are you trying to make like specific genres or style or artists that you want to emulate hip-hop r&b i love boom bap like hip-hop like just like that rapping style or r&b like singing i also would love to learn about sound healing like just making sound healing beats or some meditation music because i like healing sound something that's common mm. but the rap can make it a lot of it make it deep lyrics and uh mind activating so that's why i like rap i also like rock music i'm trying to get into like punk rock what about you oh man dude so oh man um golly so recently uh i've gotten into as i mentioned before edm i'm not familiar so for anybody on this podcast who's like what type of EDM? I'm new into it, so I can't break open the genres yet. Um, uh, but yeah, I've really gotten into. There's a there's a young artist out of Australia named Throttle who's really cool. Twelfth Planet. I got to see him at Sunset Music Festival. He was like, dude. He was if if EDM was metal, Twelfth Planet, crazy. It was. I've never moshed so hard in my life. Not even at a metal show. It was nuts um yeah and then you know dead mouse and daft punk obviously like they've gotten me into that genre in general um as far as like rock bands coheed and cambria that's what got me into guitar huge coheed fan um between the bird and me as i mentioned for my my metal digs and then i'm huge into classic rock so led zeppelin love zeppelin van halen um boston golly doobie brothers almond brothers wow uh, giant cash yeah man i like all that old stuff too man so you know i run the spectrum beatles and digging the beatles man i got into beatles kit got beatles socks for my birthday too very nice yeah the beatles are awesome like Dude. john lennon crazy man they're if you ever, I'm not sure if you ever watched like some of their old touring videos, like them just hanging out, but they are a cheeky bunch. Like they're funny. <laughs> yeah, I, I, um, I made a cover song to uh, imagine all the people. Oh, right on, man. 
Yeah, I did a cover song. I like singing like sometimes all the time, but like I love a good vocal. Like it yeah. don't have to be rap, but like if it's a good vocal, like I can resonate like melodic rap. Mm. Like I can resonate with that. So melodic rap. So yeah, like introduce me, me being fairly new to hip hop rap. That that isn't a genre I've broken into a lot. Like I said, I listened to a little bit of Kanye, but um subgenres. Yeah, like what what are give me some recommendations, man. What do you like? There's so there's so many artists, but mm -hmm. some some of them they got the good feel to it. Like some of it could be negative, but like mm -hmm. you got to go through all of it just to get the gems, to find the gems, the needle in the haystack. Mm -hmm. It's like you got to go through the whole history of hip hop. But yeah. it's it's a lot of genres. Like you got the trap, you got, and some people like the energetic stuff, like store as well. So they got uh, Travis Scott, Juice World. I I, I recently like. Like I at first, like when he was living, I was I was I was tuning into him. Like I was I was tuning into him a lot. But as as he when he uh passed away when he when he died, like I, I listened to him way more. I was like, man, I should have been listening to him. Mm. I was kind of like I was kind of like in fear because some of the bars he, he was saying. But like at, he was a good person. Like and his lyrics. Like he made a lot of melodic singy songs. Like he was into like he had that rock feel to it too. Mm. So like uh Travis Scott, any anyone that's singing and rap, like they're harmonizing, like uh if they changing the, the style, it's all about the style. So I, I did a um like a rock song, it was like a rock rap song, so just netting that into it and Dude, that's awesome. It's a, I like I like the singing songs because it, it got that it got that sauce like how they say like it's just it's just so much you can do in a song like with rapping or adding other elements like singing like the two go together. Mm -hmm. That's awesome, man. Yeah, it's it's cool to see like the fusions of different genres, and I think that's where um, I don't know, man. You, you see a lot of really cool bands that are coming out that are fusing different genres like uh there's one band that my old drummer when i was in a metal band in virginia introduced me to and they were snarky puppy they're like a big band jazz but they've also got a rock feel to it too they got some songs that put like rock and jazz together wow nuts, man nuts so good that's a new combination to me. Like I never, I never heard of like, but jazz. Like I heard, like someone was on my podcast. A chick was on my podcast, and she did a jazz vocal, like because she's a jazz voice major. And okay. like when when she was singing, it was just so great. We talked about the history of jazz on the podcast, and like we oh, went. To, I, did, I did a little research about it, and like we just talked about like the whole history. Talked about New Orleans ragtime. We talked about like her favorite artists. Like she said, I think she said Fitzgerald. Okay, and we we even we talked about the whole history, like, and it was really great. Like, we we might have missed some things, but like, it was really great. Like, to talk about jazz, like, mm -hmm. it was it was new to me, cause like I haven't heard a lot of stuff, but like even some of the like, Louis Armstrong, like, it was so many uh, different artists we was we was talking about and. Like that was really prevailing in the hip, in the in the jazz culture, and it was it was really great. Yeah, it's yeah, it's interesting. Um, you know, from my understanding, like jazz was very underground when it first 
came into fruition. It was almost a, it was like a counterculture music, if I'm not mistaken. And back then, you know, you have a lot of folks very, very, uh, they say loyal to classical theory and that, and jazz is kind of, we're going to take that spin off to the side. And now almost, well, yeah, a hundred years later from the real rise in popularity of, of jazz, um, it's nuts to think that we look at that genre of music as like one of the most complex styles to learn. It is, it's, it's crazy, but it, it came off as like, eh, let's forget all that complexity with classic. Let's just like have fun. And now it's just totally mind boggling. It's like those parades that be in new Orleans and like, it's, yeah. it's just worldwide. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. And what kind of genre? What kind of genre? You said EDM that you uh, yeah. perform. Yeah, I've been uh, making EDM stuff. Um, I want to. I'm trying to figure out a way to fuse uh, progressive rock and metal into EDM. Um, so, like a lot of EDM is dance music, so it follows a very like one, two, three, four, like four, four time signature, which is very, very popular. Most songs follow four, four. Um, in Prague, a lot of times they'll switch those time signatures up or, or it won't be super, I don't want to say repetitive, but they, the, the song evolves and progresses. And so I'm wondering, all right, how can I take Coheed as a prog rock band between the Burning Music and Prague metal band? They're like my favorite bands ever. And how can I take the spirit of what they do and mix that into this new passion for EDM and see what happens? You sing too? Um, I'm learning. I'm not great at it. <laughs> you, you, you get a couple beers and me at a karaoke. I'll, I'll start belting out the pipes, man. But, uh, yeah, <laughs> I'm a guitarist, man. I'm a guitarist. I like chill in the back and just jam out. And... A guitar is an instrument, but putting yeah, that man. soul into it, you got to put that soul mm -hmm. when you're playing or when you vocalize or something. It all comes from that self absolutely but you know it's so weird one of the things i've been experimenting with is um and one of the things that i think music theory recognizes about itself which is why i like music theory is uh music theory like when, the first rule of music theory is if it breaks all rules of music theory but it sounds good stick with it sounding good right yeah <laughs> and uh so there's just some things that music theory only explains by your crossing over into the artistic world of this. And um, yeah, one of the things I've been really, really experimenting with was, and Carlos Santana preaches this all the time, man. He's one of the most soulful guitarists in the world, but just really feeling the emotion that you're trying to play. And that will come out in your guitar work. It's magic. It's crazy. But if you just like you're introspective and you just think like, how do I like, how do I want this to feel? And then you feel that yourself. Yeah. Dude, your guitar sings it, man. It's, it's magic. It's magic. I know the guitar, the violin is all emotional. It's like, it's, it's, it's an instrument that's crying. Yeah, man. Well, like, I'm not sure if you'll be able to hear, but like I, I can play a note. Okay. So th this is like an old guitar. This is actually the first guitar I learned on that I got when I was 12 and it was all broken, but I'm, I'm fixing it now. 
But like, I could play this little lick here. Not sure if y'all can hear that from the mic. Yeah, yeah, you heard it. I heard it. It sounds but, good. But if I like, I don't know, man. I just want to. I just want it to feel like good. It's the same notes I played. It's just a little like. It's just like how you want it to feel. It's crazy, man. It's You're an artist, man. You're an artist. <laughs> but, That's a real artist. <laughs> thanks, man. Um, yeah, it's like it's nuts. And um, I think that's, you know, tying it, if we will, like tying it back into the social skills and the public speaking, man. A lot of what you'll find on the internet is step one, make eye contact. Step two, extend hand and shake hand. Step three, hi, my name is Alex. Like it's really formulaic. And I'll ask you, man, like what do you think? Conversing, talking, connecting to another person. Do you think that's more of a science or more of an art? It's an art. It's an art, man. Yeah. It's an art. Yeah, it's totally an art. And so all the advice out there is very formulaic, which art doesn't really jive too much with formulas. That's like a scientific thing. Like if I'm trying to make a medicine, I want to, you know, 50 milligrams of this, five milligrams of this, like very step-by-step to get a repeatable outcome. But social interactions, you can't really repeat the exact same outcome because everybody's different. Every scenario is different. Every environment's different. And so that's why, you know, that's why I preach music theory for that because there's a point in which you have to step over into the artistic side and learn to be comfortable with that, which music theory can help you with. There's a point where I could say, Hey, what's going on, Paul? What's going on, MC Nook? How you doing? <laughs> Or if I'm like, maybe like you're feeling kind of sad, I'm like, hey, Paul, how's it going, man? Or maybe you're feeling happy, I was like, dude, MC Nook, what's going on, man? Right? It's the same words that I'm using, but I'm feeling it, and dude, you feel it too. Yeah, yeah, the vibe. That's the vibe. That's the art of it. You can't repeat that with a formula, you know? That's that's where the theory comes in. That's where the music theory comes in. Man. Okay. Yeah, I know it's a, it's, a, it's a lot of energy just connecting with someone and conversing. Like y'all both sharing ideas and it's bouncing off and it's a it's a connection like when you communicate, it's a two-way street. For sure. For sure, man. It's totally a two-way street. Um and Yeah, I think I think um I think it's very easy to forget that. I do. And even whether it's you trying to converse with somebody else and just totally dominating a, a conversation or a lot of people like they get really torn up when they try to converse with others and they're not getting anything back. They forget like, Hey, maybe that other person isn't the most socially adept person in the world. You know, there's only so much that you can do now you can influence them to be able to talk more for sure. Um, but yeah, it's a two-way street, and yeah. there's other variables besides yourself. 
some people got different personality types. Some some are like sad and down most of the time. Then some are energetic and creative. Yeah. Some yeah, be stressed yeah. and it's it's just personality type. For sure. For sure, dude. Yeah, you got it, man. You got it. I mean, you're a podcast host. <laughs> it's, just, it's your job, man. Yeah. So what else you want to cover or talk about, like music, speaking? Yeah, man. Um, well, I think, um, golly. I love music, though. I do love music. Yeah, <laughs> I, could, I could talk music all the time. Like, I don't know. Um I'm like a huge theory head, dude. We got back. We were driving back from Sunset Music Festival. Which are, are you familiar with Sunset? Have you? Uh, no. I, I don't be tuning into a lot of stuff, but I should. I <laughs> I want to get better at music theory. That's something I want to uh, get get into. Oh man, if you have any music theory questions, dude, hit me up. I I got you. I got What's you, up, man. I'm a I'm a theory head. Um. Yeah, we were we were driving back because we drove. Uh, so I'm based out of North Carolina, and we drove to Florida, which was about I think um, we were in Tampa. I want to say that's like a nine ten hour drive, something like that. And on the ride back, you know, because we were we were talking to some people and, and showing them our uh, you know some of the just some music that we were making when we'd meet up after after the show and. Um, yeah, I get to show them my stuff on my laptop. I don't have a SoundCloud yet. I've, I've got to get one. But anyway, I digress. Um, getting into the theory. And, and so we were on the car ride back. I was showing the the driver and a couple of our pastors, like my friends, like, hey, let's listen to this song. Let me let me teach you about rhythm and tempo and things like that. And have them clap out like time signatures and whatnot. Um, teach them about like modal uh, modes and whatnot in music. And it's just it's so interesting because the, my one friend, uh, his, his name's Josh. He'll send me songs now and he'll be like, I, I think this is in four, four. And I, I, I think there's like a key change around here. And it's just neat. Like you start recognizing these things and, uh, really see how, how these, these songs are put together. Yeah. Song structure, all that. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, you know, I think when you become a specialist, whether it's like architecture or design or, or podcasts and like, you know, I'll, I'll listen to various podcasts and, you know, uh, very curious about how some people segue into different subjects or corral people. Like these are, these are techniques that I like to learn as well. The editing and things like that. Um, but I'm sure like use a podcast or if you listen to stuff, you can probably sit back and be like, yeah, I see what they did there. That's just like, all right, cool. <laughs> I mean, when you pay attention, sometimes I, I just be vaping. And I'm, I'm paying attention. I'm like, man, that's <laughs> this is hilarious. Like, but it's, it's not much to it. Like with the creative side, like you got the intro, mm -hmm. you go into the the meat and the potatoes with the, the the points and like the interview style, uh, chat show, seg the 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 formation, the format is just like you just asking questions and like based off of like what they do you can interview them about that and and just let it flow yeah and then you you put some social media links and close it like it's just a good segment just talking this that's all it is it's just a chat show yeah that's awesome man just just people hanging out and having a good time and uh, yeah, i'm sure you get to hear 
you know, a bunch of other people's stories too, and, and just get to learn off that. It's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It's great. It's a great exchange and just covering the stories is, it's really great to uh podcast. Uh, you meet some great people, like some positive, uh, it's, it's so much you can uh, learn from it too. Yeah, for sure, man. I've, uh, I've been very delighted, uh, even with like the, the podcast, um, you know, meeting folks like you and, and just, I think the, the entrepreneurial journey, right. Uh, starting my own business and helping people and, and hearing what they want to get out of their social interactions and public speaking, just like the, the amazing businesses people put together, um, and the ideas that they have to make an impact on the world. And, um, you know, even especially, and that's one of the public speaking side, the social side, interesting hearing, I think uh, the self-reflections that a lot of people come across when they realize like, wow, I, I need to invest in my social skills. Um, Cause you know, you, everybody pays their dues, whether it's public speaking or learning to talk to people, everybody pays their dues. And it can be in the form of <laughs> like a decade of humiliation that I went through, um, or it could be working with somebody and, and investing monetarily like that uh, or whatever. But there's a lot of people that when they break that threshold, their attitude changes for the better. They become harder um, in a good way. They become a little more assertive and um, a little more willing. And, and it's it's very interesting to see when, when people break that barrier, they're very fresh breaking that barrier. That's usually when they come see me and just that fire in people is, it's it's crazy. It can get intense. Like, yeah. Oh, all right. Yeah. All right, man. Let's do it. Let's get it. You put a lot of work in, like when it when playing the guitar and stuff. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, yeah, man. Um, yeah, the bands, like I said, the bands that I learned guitar from were uh, mainly Coheed and Between the Buried and Me, which are two prog bands, and particularly Between the Buried and Me because they were like super quick, very technical. Um, it demanded a lot to be able to play and I can't even play their songs like super well. I can play little bits and pieces of it, but they are just insane musicians on a totally another level. And, um, it demands that, that kind of music demands a lot from you a lot. Yeah. Yeah. It almost, it almost required me to learn what well, did require me to learn music theory. I think that's, I, w I think wanting to play between the bird and me is really what got me into it. Cause I had no idea like that everything they're doing right now makes zero sense to me. And I have to figure it out because yeah. playing 48 notes in six seconds, how am I going to remember all this? I, I don't know. And now their songs like 15 minutes long. It's like, huh, what? <laughs> so you took the time and learned a little bit about the, how to play. Yeah, for sure, man. I mean, um, and this is, you know, a good example, a uh, perfect example of how music theory ties into public speaking and how I help people memorize their speech, no matter what the length. It's very similar to how I would memorize um, long progressive songs when it's not, again, we're not talking verse, chorus, verse, chorus, bridge, chorus, where you have to learn three parts essentially for a song. We're talking verse one, 
verse three, four, five, six, maybe a bridge, seven, a second bridge, and they're all different. So uh-huh. you're learning like three songs to learn one song in Prague. Um, and like I said, some of those parts, you're they're playing notes. Again, these songs would be 15 minutes long. Um, I think one of them's like 16 or something crazy like that. And there are parts in that song where in six seconds, you're playing 40, 50 notes. So you do the math. I mean, we're talking tens of thousands of, of notes. And how many section is just. How many bars are those like measures? So in a standard four, four, so they would break most of their songs on like 16th notes. So that would be 16 notes per measure. Um, goodness. And then if they're playing, we'll say 150, 160 BPM. Golly, I'm going to try to do the math right now. Hold on. Let me, let me break. I'm actually, this is a really good question. All right. Yeah. If, if anybody in the comments can beat me to this, awesome. But let's see. So we got a song that's 15 minutes long. Um, we've got, all right, 150. Uh, I'm getting texts. Um, stop texting me, everybody. Um, we got, so if it's playing at 150. We'll do we'll do 120 for the sake of math. So that's about 120 beats. So that's two notes. So one bar is two seconds. Okay. So two seconds a bar. We got 15 minutes times 60 is 900 seconds divided by two. So that's 450 bars. Yeah. Wow, <laughs> that's a lot. And may, maybe even more. Let's multiply times one point. What's thirty? Let's multiply it by one point two five since one fifty is twenty five percent longer. I apologize for anybody who's like, dude, your math is totally jacked on this. <laughs> I'm a musician. Not, yeah, I'm a musician. I'm not a mathematician. Um, <laughs> 562.5, give or take, for a 15-minute song. And, yeah, if those are playing, oh, wow, that's like 2.5. 562.5 times. That's all that I got to learn is music theory, man. Yeah, it's crazy. Here we go. Yeah, some of them, we're, we're pushing close to 10,000 notes in one of those songs. Um, yeah. Wow. So imagine that, like, memorizing 10,000 notes back-to-back Who, who's the artist to check out the uh the band between the bird and me between the bird and me and what's the bird, name of that bird, song? like uh six feet under bird um oh, between the... yeah so the one song that i'm specifically thinking of is ants of the sky now here's gonna this is gonna throw you through a loop man so that's on their album it's called colors masterpiece that album is played from start to finish in succession. So, I mean, there's no real breaks. It's supposed to be one giant song. So, really, if we count Colors as a song, which I think the album is like, 
Ooh, let's Google this. Color, I want to say an hour and two minutes. Between the Bird and Me. That's a, a long album. It's a long album, man. It's a doozy. Length I listen, six- It's good, man. It's phenomenal. It's 64 minutes and nine seconds is how long that album is. So, and we just did 15 minutes. So that's, we're probably pushing 36 to 40,000. I'll say 36 because there are some sections that are slower. But like, yeah, we'll say 30 to 36,000 notes in succession. Like, there's no way. There's no way you can memorize that without knowing how everything's structured, you know? Um, wow. Yeah. It's a lot that goes into the preparation. I remember recording at a studio. Like, I wrote, I had to count the bars. I had to know the song structure. And, like, I wrote every how I wanted everything to be. Like, add some, art, not autotune, add some reverb or put some delay Cause I knew a little bit, like when I took a little course, um, vocal technology, recording vocal technology from oh, yeah. Berkeley University. Oh, sweet! And they had a free course, and I I look at that, it, it helped my voice. And when I made trying times, the uh, mixtape, it's a hip hop mixtape by MC Nook MC on YouTube. Nook. Yeah, dude, shoot, you just post that link, man. I'll check it out, man. I'm I'm telling you, I love listening to different music. Yeah. I, I got like three mixtapes and like I made somewhat myself. Okay. I made I made a couple myself and but it's it's all deep content, the lyric, the song structure, the subject matter. Like I'm more of a songwriter, but mm-hmm. I, I still gotta get better. I'm always improving to get to the next level. Always, man, got to. Got to. That's so cool, man. So when did you start um I guess when did you start writing and, and learn to produce and all that? I uh when I was 11 this was 2001 I I wrote I wrote a little bit but it didn't it didn't manifest until like even in 2009 I was recording on my phone like uh recording myself rap or freestyle to like an instrumental like I have a CD with beats on it like okay. my my sister left around and uh like I I record my voice on the phone I I got serious in 2012 like I'll be writing I had a I developed a formula and but I, I didn't record in the studio up until 2017. Like that's when I that's when it I could say it got serious was 2017. I was 26 or yeah, 26 when okay. I dropped my first mixtape. I did a uh, full cell university uh online class. Uh, okay. it was uh audio production and I did three months. Like I learned Logic Pro. Logic Pro X, a little bit of the industry, and that helped me tremendously because I didn't know you could do. You need the software. I didn't know you, like you can do it at home, and you need the software and uh, the right equipment. Like it's it's that easy to just record and make an MP3, and convert it, and put it on YouTube, like yeah. to get that good sound quality. But like I I record with my friend. He's a music engineer. Like go to his place and just record on a microphone. Like, so it was that simple, like just investing like a hundred dollars and record a whole mixtape. And like, I use YouTube beats though, like free YouTube beats or, okay. or Dude. just beats on YouTube. <laughs> that's so cool. Yeah. That's like, uh, yeah, that's one of the things that I've kind of learned too is, um, you know, I was really intimidated to start because I'm like, oh, I, I need to get, 
you know, fancy MIDI keyboards and a big mic and soundproof my entire room and this set to like start making stuff. And the more I dived in, and like, you know, you know DAWs, the, the, the software, um, some of them are just so, so expensive. I was like, I don't know how I'm going to do this, but uh, it's, I started off, I started off learning Reaper. So that's the one that I use. Um, okay. Cause you, you know, you can download it for free and then it's $60 for the full license. Um, but they let you use it for free pretty much for as long as you want until you're ready to, until you're ready to pay. Um, and then, yeah, I got a microphone. Uh, I had a pop filter, but before I just put like a dryer sheet around like an old wire hanger. <laughs> Use that. I was like, dude, I was, I was skimping. I was skimping, man. Um, but resourceful. yeah, yeah, be resourceful, man. You can do a lot, dude. You can do a lot with a little. You can do yeah. a lot with a little. Oh, man, I should write that down. That's you can do a lot with a little. <laughs> um, but yeah, and then just like kind of learning one little thing and then, all right, you get to this next stage and it's, all right, you know, it'd be, maybe I don't need a new mic, um, but it'd be cool. Like I can invest in one that I'm more comfortable knowing what I'm doing. So yeah, we try it. Um, but yeah, it's, it's crazy, man. You can public speaking, social skills, exercising, recording, making music, math, science, whatever you can do a lot with a little, you just gotta be a little resourcefulness, man. Yeah, balance. It's balance. a balance with it all. Yeah. Oh yeah. I remember, like I, I said this in in the uh, in the episode I did earlier, but like just my communication. I remember, like when I was young, like like I would I would clown in class, like just to get some reactions, and like it made me more social, like just clowning, like being a class clown. Yeah. But I remember in high school when I was with um my ex. And like I would read from paper, like I would literally read from paper, like when I'm talking on the phone to her, and it made yeah. everything worse because <laughs> it didn't match the energy. It didn't match the energy <laughs> of like what we we're talking about, like just reading, like so scripted. Scripted is not really good. Like just let it come from the heart. And yeah, it get better. Like I read a lot of books and I did a lot of writing, so that really helped me too. <laughs> Since 2009, I've been I've been writing in journals, so like. That helped me and just reading a lot of books, like from any genre. It could be music style, it could be social. I, I read a lot of social uh social science books too. Yeah, it's um yeah, who Kali, I was working with somebody, um and I don't wanna say like the the company or anything just because I don't wanna not not that it's bad, it's just don't wanna bring in extra, extra stuff that maybe uh, shouldn't be there, but they were working for a very large corporation. I'll leave it at that and was trying to get better at their online presentations. And, you know, this is at the peak of the pandemic hop on call. and said, all right, you know, let's, let's set a baseline. You can, here's a, here's a, a paragraph for you to read off or memorize whatever it is, or like the general points, or you can come, with your own and so they they brought their own beginning of a presentation they had to do i said okay present to me as as if i were your boss and you could tell like they're sitting there and like reading off their screen and i see it all the time man all the time dude <laughs> anybody on here okay i have free some freebies right now all right 
If you uh, think that you're getting away from reading off a script because you're on your computer and like, you know, you're facing the screen, doesn't work. You're not fooling anybody because you can see your eyes shift a little bit. That's like what we pay yeah. this attention to. Um, yeah, man. So like people will be like, yeah, I'm, I'm totally safe. And they're sitting there like reading off their computer. I'm like, nah. <laughs> it, don't, it don't flow too well. It don't flow too well. Nah, it does, it's either had the energy. You can see it in their eyes. It's just like, mm. and, and they never make what I call natural human error. Um, yeah, like I'm a, and I'm not trying to, knock any very large international public speaking organizations because I'm actually a member of it. I think I get a lot of uh, help from Toastmasters in particular. Toastmasters are extremely technical, extremely polished. And one of the things I think it begins to get away from the humanity of speaking when you can't say any filler words, when you can't do those natural human idiosyncrasies that make you realize you're talking to somebody. Now it's different. You obviously don't want to be somebody who's saying um, like, like, um, uh, like every five minutes, right? It's or every five seconds. It'll drive your audience batty. Every now and then I probably said, um, at least a hundred times on this call. I got to get better at it to be honest, <laughs> but it's, it's natural when you can clean yourself up and speak on the fly, it's okay to drop one of those little words in there off the cuff. If you can't think of anything right in that moment, it's, it's how people normally talk and great public speaking. It's a very cliche, I'll say, piece of advice, but it's one of these pieces of advice that's cliche for a reason because it's good. Very good public speaking feels more like a conversation than somebody directing their speech at you. And in conversation, sometimes you say, uh. <laughs> yeah, um, like. Just <laughs> it happens. Let it, let yeah. it flow. Let it, let flow. it flow. Yeah. If, conversation. If, if, you're, if you're riddled with it, okay, we got to tone back on some for sure. But I've seen people who get paralyzed trying not to say, um. <laughs> it's okay. Yeah, you know, it's all right. It'll be good. It'll be good. So strict on themselves and like so perfect. Yeah. But again, props to them. I've been a Toastmaster for a couple of years now, and it's definitely helped me polish up. That's the other thing I'll say too. I mean, just because you're a Toastmaster or in your like National Speakers Association or you're working with a speaking coach or whatever that is, I, I encourage people to experiment with as many resources as they can afford, be that financially, time-wise, because they all have a focus. They all have that nice sauce that they bring to the table. And you as a speaker are going to find those elements that resonate with you, and that's going to help you develop your particular flavor, if you will, of speaking, of socializing, whatever that is. Read as many books as you can. Dive into it. But don't close yourself off to just one. Don't be a don't be a loyalist, I'll say, because you miss a lot of really good stuff out there. I mean I've I've been to public speaking events. I'm still constantly learning myself. It's a like music. 
It's a craft that constantly needs to be honed. And I will get radically conflicting points of view and advice from one organization to another. <laughs> and I kind of, I sit there and I'm, you know, this makes more sense to me in this scenario. I see where this could go, right? And that be, you, you start exploring that gray area and people make their stake in different parts of that gray area. And that's one of the various elements that will give you your proprietary blend. Nice. Nice. So any, any links you wanted to share? I know we've been talking for 52 minutes. Oh man, d dude, this has been flying. All right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, oh, man. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. So you, you can find me on Instagram. Uh, find me on Instagram. Hey, there's one. <laughs> there's a, find me on Instagram at conquer your speaking fear. I also have a website, so you can visit me at www.conqueryourspeakingfear.com. And we also have, for those of you who are into the social skills, I've posted a free 30-day social skills workout plan. And you can find that at, also at www.conqueryourspeakingfear.com slash 30-day-workout-plan. And the 30 is, is a number, like a three zero. Um, yeah, give that a shot. And as always, you can email me at aj at conqueryourspeakingfear.com if you just want to chat and see if if my, my style is the right thing for you. Always happy to chat with people and, and help out. And a lot of, a lot of good folks have, have gone through and worked with me, and um, I'm looking for more. I'm, I'm looking to spread the good word and offer something else that – that's a little bit different than what's out there. Power music. Yeah, yeah. I want to. I definitely want to learn about music theory because, like, I love music. I want to critique every area that I get better. Ear training, stuff like that. Yeah. Hey, man. Hit me up. Any music theory questions? I've got you. I've got I, you. I appreciate it so much. It was a joy <laughs> talking to you. You too, it's man. Thank you. Yes. Th thank y'all. Like on free time, free spill podcast episodes air every friday but i've been releasing a whole bunch so like stick with me and stay tuned for the for the next episodes until then peace love and light thank you thank you alexander thank you thank you everyone